We got the NLCS. We got Thursday Night Football. We have John Gruden news. We got Kyrie Irving news. We got, my God, I can't even count all the stuff we got to talk about. Let's see if we can keep it under an hour. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and Canadian Biggie. And we got what's on the background, Mr. Brown? Hopefully a Dodgers loss. So we we got the the G-Men at home in San Francisco, the Dodgers, game five, winner take all. It's already started. We're just in the bottom of the bottom of the verse. It just started, right? I'm sorry. I was busy getting ready for the show because our computer sucks. But anyway. Ah, how are you feeling about this? Is there anything more exciting than an elimination game in baseball? I mean, is that is that the best elimination game of all sports? I think it is. That's why I love the wild card so much to start the playoffs with. It every like you're pushing all your chips to the middle. What are you going to do? That's these games are where a starter comes out, even a good starter in the second or third inning, even though he's only given up like one run because you just can't chance it. And we're look, we're at the division series. We're not even at the LCS yet. We got a 107-win team versus a 106-win team. This is a game five, winner-go-home game. And, you know, I mean, it could go either way. I mean, but these are the two best teams in baseball, and they're playing for their playoff lives. If you think about it right now, including the playoffs, we have two teams playing for their lives that have both won 109 games this year. That's the first time that's ever happened, right? That's insane. So that's the thing about baseball. We're – 3,000 years into baseball existing, and we still get the first time something's ever happened. That's what's great about the game. It just keeps reinventing itself. But for all that talk about people hating all over the wild card, you know, what happened happened. The Dodgers survived. We get the series of the Giants. It's it's epic, man. And Mr. Brown, as a Braves fan who just came back from Hotlanta last week, you're waiting anxiously and, and hoping you play who? Oh, I thought he took it deep. No, we didn't. All right, we're good. Bets once again. Um, I don't really care, honestly. I mean, I want the Dodgers to lose now, especially after this opener bullshit that Dave Roberts and his analytics tried to pull here tonight. Like, to me, the only 20-game winner in the league, and you don't let him start the game, you go with an opener. We know damn well that Gabe Kapler is preparing his lineup as if he's coming in after an, uh, this opener. So he's not going to throw a bunch of lefties in the lineup. He knows what's coming next. So why are we doing it? Hey, that's what Mr. Brown and I were talking about before you showed up tonight, Biggie, was, I mean, are you really impacted as a lineup as you're preparing that if you're the Giants? like Because he's only going one, maybe two innings, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I thought we almost got a home run. That's a double, though. I don't really think you are because, like Mr. Brown just said, you know that Urias is coming in. If it is not in the second, he's in in the third. You're not building your lineup as though you were facing Scherzer. Has he been their best pitcher all year? Yeah. I, I mean – Most efficient, for sure. Why not go with that guy? I don't get it. It, it. To me, it's like I'm smarter than you. If I start this guy, you'll change your lineup. And that's why it didn't happen. I was pulling for the White Sox because you had the old school Tony La Russa. And he, you know, he, he's not saying he's against analytics, but he likes his gut. They uh, they obviously got knocked out by the Astros. But Dave Roberts is the worst manager in baseball with analytics. All he does is look at his little clipboard or his iPad, and he says, this is the move I need to make. That's what I'm going to make. There's no gut involved. So I would love to see the Giants 
win this game just because he got way that too cute. make him the best analytic manager then because he doesn't use his gut. He just goes with all the numbers. Well, that's him. what I'm saying. Like he is, he's the most analytical manager in the game. And, but the fact is Gabe Kapler is as well, but not to the point that Dave Roberts is. So they're is. very anal is what you're saying. Yeah, they probably are. Okay. Back in the day when you would build a team in Madden, you'd draft all your guys. You would never play it down, but you'd set it up how your coaching would be aggressive on defense, what you want to do on offense. I feel like that's the Dodgers. Their general manager builds the team, and then he just pushes a button. And Dave Roberts actually doesn't manage the team. He just sits in the dugout. I mean, it's either way. Are they are they going to get past the Giants? Is this is this Cinderella season? Nothing's happened yet. We got a base runner. It's the first inning. And that's the thing that's exciting about these elimination games, man. Like what happens here in the first or second inning can dictate the pace for the whole game. And if they bust up this opener and just make everything look stupid, then, you know, all of a sudden the momentum might be for the home team, man. Is that all it's going to take? Just prediction. Who's winning the game? You got caller right now, Biggie. I have the Dodgers winning seven to three. Mr. Brown. I'm going with the Giants five to four. I'm not giving a score, but the Giants are going to win. It's going to be a close game either way. I don't a seven to three with I hope you guys are right. I mean, the only maybe Trevor Bauer comes out of the bullpen tonight. I don't know. Wearing a mustache is in the skies. Mm. But uh, no, that's not happening. Trevor Bauer ain't walking through that door. <laughs> but either way, <laughs> uh we're gonna enjoy this game while we're doing the rest of the show, right? Yes. Real quick in uh, baseball news, y'all got so excited about analytics. Uh, did you see what happened with the Cardinals today, Biggie? Didn't they fire their manager? They did fire their manager because of a disagreement of philosophy. Oh, what was disagreement? Well, he's an old school guy, so go mm-hmm. ahead and read between the lines. He's made the playoffs the last three years. He was the hottest team in baseball going down the stretch, won 17 in a row this year. He, he's been very consistent as the Cardinals manager. The fact is – he didn't want to be all in on analytics. He wanted to have a balance, which you should have. And the Cardinals front office said, no, we're drifting apart. We have different directions for the team. We're going to have to let you go. So it's basically they run the team just like the Giants or the Dodgers where the manager just does what they want. Yeah, kind of like the Rays. You know, that's just – that's becoming the new norm now. It is what it is. But uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Oh, Speaking of this, one last note on baseball. Did you guys see the proposed changes that may be coming? A larger first base. We've uh, talked about this before. They're doing it in the Atlantic League and yep. Minor League for the playoffs. Trying to make the game more interesting for the casual fan. I, I'm not reading into any of that until I see it on the a docket for the big stage. I mean, yes. Atlantic League, no offense. It's right here in our own backyard, but it's kind of a shit show, to be honest. I mean, our team names the Dirty Birds for God's sake. But they're they're doing the, <laughs> ouch! Yeah, but they're doing the electronic strike zone. Yep, they're doing the the bigger base. They're doing uh, something else. There was three things I saw. Robot umpires. Yeah, that's the electronic strike zone. Oh, okay. Yep. I saw that. I saw the bigger first base, and I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, I think they let him use two bats. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think it was blow-up dolls for the winner. Blow-up dolls ah. for the winner. And uh, the sprinklers would automatically kick on at random times when yes. there's two outs. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Just leave baseball alone, man. My opinion is that if you don't love baseball the way it is, then find a different game. If you need nonstop action, become a hockey fan. It's so bad right now. What happened? No, he, <laughs> he shouted out hockey, uh, and I got excited. Uh, uh. <laughs> It's so bad that, like, if you beat the shift in today's game with how bad it is with the fundamentals, 
Like they should have NBA Jam like icons on the field. Like you, you hit a little dribble to third base as left hander. Oh my, he's on fire! <laughs> Just because you hit a dribbler down the third baseline. That's how bad it's it is. Heating up. It's so bad. Anyways. Bunt shakalaka. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Something go. like yeah. that. Hey, speaking of beating the shift, Mr. Brown, let's tell everybody our exciting new episodic format that drops. You're connecting with baseball fans uh, from from days gone by, former pros. They're in our in our uh, baseball group. And you got uh, you got one coming up next week? Yeah, we got Doug Minkavich, uh, former twin Red Sox. Can you Sox. spell Minkavich? I, actually... <laughs> I've typed it every like for 35 times and I still have to go and copy and paste. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Sorry, Doug. It's just, it's your hard name to spell. The easier one is Brian McCray, who was a big Royals guy, son of Hal McCray, and, and he was on the Cubs as well. So two good hitters. Brian actually approached me and wanted to come on the show. So uh, it's it's gonna be a good episode. Hmm. I, I can't wait to to hear that one go down. And uh, I piggybacked off you, man. We're we're trying to do it with football too. And we talked to Nate Turner tonight, former Buffalo Bill and Nebraska Cornhusker. So we'll have that show drop soon. And you know he was uh, he was wide open about stuff. So like for anybody listening, man, if you got anybody that's played major sports, like send them our way, man. We'll talk to anybody. But uh, we're growing rapidly. And you got, what, like 200 pros in your group now? Yeah, 130. Uh, it's getting there, man. Whatever. It's a lot. So one last take for this baseball segment is I'm a baseball lifer, and I finally got to attend my first postseason game this week on Monday down in Atlanta. Of course, MLB screwed us with the 1 o'clock start time. It was terrible. Uh, the, ma- the majority of the restaurants in the battery weren't even open for an hour. They opened at 11, and we got there at 10. And, you know, I mean, so much lost business That's there. bad planning, It's too. terrible. So that's why I was actually rooting for the Astros to sweep the White Sox because they would have moved the game back to 4 o'clock. Mm. Of course, the, white, the time I cheer for them, they let me down. I was like, bring out the damn trash can, for God's sakes. I just need this win. Uh You've been to many games down in Atlanta. First playoff game. What was your one great takeaway, favorite part of that game, other than the win? It was very obvious. So I, I, I'm very um, critical of Atlanta fans, okay, because I have a lot of passion up in me. And just like when we go to Mountaineers games, big moment, you should be on your feet. You should be supporting your team. It can be the difference between a win or a loss. And we're not going to win many games in football. We saw the fans may have won that Virginia Tech game. As how loud we were, we had a quarterback rattled. But my point is, baseball, sometimes in Atlanta, especially when they got spoiled back in the 90s, it's like a country club. The only thing I noticed between the regular season when I was there in July until now, every single time we got a two-strike count with two outs, even in the first through the ninth inning, everyone was on their feet, standing ovation, and I was very impressed. Like, I left thinking, wow, this could be a baseball town it is in October. It was a great atmosphere. I mean, playoff baseball, it's different, right? Like, I mean, even when we watch on TV, like, you feel the palpable, you know, intensity and everything kind of elevate. So I can imagine being there. The only thing that you missed out on was the the shitty start time and it not being a night game and, you know, the lights on. Yeah, I mean, they're it. letting off fireworks like we did at our draft in the middle of the daylight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got that going on and then you got – like you said, when they when they do the pitchers change, they do the LED lights, and then they do start doing the, the drum beat for the chop, but they refuse to play the song. I'm not going to get into that. That's all right. The crowd backs you. But everyone does the cell phone thing with their lights. But I, I didn't get to see that because it was a day game, like you said. But other than that, the atmosphere was great. Everyone was hanging on to every pitch. And it was funny at the time, Jock Peterson still wasn't starting. 
He came in as a pinch hitter, three-run bomb. At that point, he was three for three in the playoffs, two home runs and a single. It's all about the pearls, baby. Yeah, it was. I, I don't get it, but if it works, do whatever. Uh, Brian Giles used to take naked batting practice, so that, that happens too, I guess. Anyway. I will have to say before we end this, my favorite player on the Braves, having learned a little bit more about him, Austin Riley. He's got two seasons, baseball and hunting. <laughs> and you're going to appreciate it better that he comes out to Stone Cold Steve Austin for his intro music. His name's oh, Austin, that's man. Might as well. When you hear the glass shatter, you know business is about to pick up. <laughs> and it was awesome. Every time it came out, man, the fans went nuts. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, we know we got our Stone Cold NFL Lead Pipe Locks of the Week coming up, and, you know, that's always exciting, but we always got to hit on the the news around the NFL, but my God, has not been a cloud overshadow everything, and is there not a happier guy in the entire league than Urban Meyer right now? Because if not, for one man, Urban Meyer would be what everybody's talking about, but now we're talking about somebody else, Biggie. Who are we talking about? Chucky you know, here's what I don't get. I'll just go right into it. Mark Florio was on Dan Patrick. Mike and he, Florio from Pro Football Talk. Who is tied into the league and is a lawyer. So when he says stuff, he says it in a way that he knows that it can't come back onto him. When he opened what he was saying, he said, me and John Gruden have the same opinion on a lot of the stuff the league does, but they have a harder time coming after me. And then he laid out a ton of different details about John Gruden was fined three times last year for the mass mandate. Wouldn't follow that for 20 years. He's been a thorn in their side. Basically, what he said was 650,000 emails started around an investigation into the Washington football team, and John Gruden's the one falling on the sword here. Somebody in the league office wanted John Gruden out, and they made sure he got out. All right, so I know Mr. Brown is a Raiders fan. We have lots to add to this conversation, but the the one thing I, I will say is, I, you know, let's be clear. Like, we're not excusing what he said or what he did. That's not the point. The point is the hypocrisy and the shadow gate uh, around all this stuff. You know, we, we see the things all the time where people talk about, like, athlete A or B can do something worse than athlete C, but depending on who they are, punishment doesn't always fit the crime. Now, the, the thing is, like, are they just trying to protect Dan Snyder? Yes. Uh, is it true that they were just, sending topless pictures yes. of cheerleaders too? So like, yep. like this is like really bad stuff, man. And like, all I can think back to is what happened with the Clippers and Donald Sterling. And like, Here, here's the thing: it's got to gotta be worse than that. In the NFL, the owners own the league; they run the league. The commissioner works for them. That's why That's Daniel why Snyder is in the clear. That's why Daniel Snyder was allowed to give over controlling interest of the team to his wife who he sees every day. It's all smoke and mirrors. That's why all this stuff came out with Gruden. He's one of the owners. He's protected. It's bullshit. It, it is, man. So, like, is anything ever going to come out? I don't know. I saw where 40 ex-employees are now petitioning the NFLPA to sue the NFL to release the rest of the emails because the NFL has said, nope, we're not releasing anything else. And when the NFL did this investigation, they requested that it not be a written report like, say, Bounty Gate or Spygate. So, like, here's the thing. They don't have to release anything. They're a private company. This is a internal investigation they're conducting. Uh, you know, it's not a criminal case, right? This is like them doing the investigation. Yes. 
So it's a workplace environment. Right. Like right now, do you want someone to come to your work and tell them to give all your emails up? I'm not saying you have anything bad in there, but like that's an invasion of privacy, right? Yes. I, I, we don't want that. So the the issue though is like you can't open Pandora, you can't open Pandora's box and, and do it all. I mean, you can't do that. It, it's not right because there's going to be a lot of ancillary things happening here that probably really aren't that egregious, but it's going to make you look at people different once you get the facts. Uh, what happened with Gruden? That's a whistleblower, man. Someone leaked it. Uh, you can say it was purposely done by the NFL. You can say maybe it was just good journalism. But it was purposely done by the NFL, and here's why I believe that. Had it been with a whistleblower, the NFL would have released a statement, or Roger Goodell would have come out and said, I can't believe this leaked from our office. We will investigate this. They said none of that. They're happy that it's out. That's why I believe it came directly from Roger Goodell and his goons. Man, they hate Gruden, don't they? Well, did you read what Gruden thinks of Goodell? Yeah, I oh. wonder if he's uh, said that to his face a couple times. I mean, you know, or did uh, did uh, what's his name, uh, Allen from the Washington. Bruce Allen? He's just like, hey, Roger, look at this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of like how high school kids are like screenshot texts from other people. And yep. they say, I, mean, I don't know, it's terrible. But uh, Mr. Brown, I mean, as a Raiders fan, uh, how have you digested all this? What's your optimism or pessimism like now for the remainder of the year? I mean, we started three and zero when before the season started. I predicted we'd be eight and nine, so I wasn't like trying to say that we're going to be a playoff team. I knew we started out hot. We stole a game in Baltimore. We stole a game in Pittsburgh, and then the schedule looked a little bit better on paper. And I was giving a lot of people shit online, but it was just me enjoying it because it was, it was the first time the Raiders were 3-0 and since 2002, so I had to enjoy it while I could. Um, as far as Gruden goes, he was getting paid way too much money for the job and the execution of what he was performing with his team. Um, I can't say um, that he's like the difference maker, you know, calling the plays and all that. I'm not mad that Gruden, the coach, is gone. I'm really not as a Raiders fan. I am mad how it happened, and I'm mad of the inconsistencies of what we're seeing. So you have A.B. who called Ayok when he was there. Well, no, hey, what's his name? Mayock. Mayock, sorry. The uh, GM, he called him a cracker. He's playing in the league today on Thursday night. That's okay. We got other guys with criminal cases. We got Deshaun Watson, 21 or 31 ever counts of sexual assault. He hasn't been convicted. I got it. But there's more smoke there than Gruden saying something in an email between – 10 to three or four years ago. Right. Yeah. I, I think that that's, again, I, Consistency. I, think, I think we're all on the same page here. We're not saying what he did was right or defending it. It's, it's BS and what happened to him is deserved, but it's where's your consistency? Why are you only yielding the sword when it's somebody's head you want to cut off and not just doing it consistently? So you ain't got to cut off people's heads all the time. Yeah. Why is it only like he falls on the sword or you can pick out a particular player and decide they don't belong in your league anymore, but your owners and Hey, I'm a Patriots fan. Look at what happened last couple of years ago with Robert Kraft in the prostitution parlor. Okay. Yeah, I mean, right? What, what have you ever heard of that since then? A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I got a lot of money, lawyers, boom, nothing. These things happen involving Jim Irsay in, uh, Indianapolis. Yep. So whacked out of his mind. He's drugged up in the back of his car. Can't remember which house is his. What happens to these guys? Nothing. I mean, it's, it, again, like, it went from the story being about, man, Gruden might be kind of a piece of shit. You know, he says a lot of things that, you know, I said in seventh grade. <laughs> and uh, now it's like, well, the NFL, man, they uh, yeah. 
They're pretty shitty. They got a lot of dirt. And, and like, this is just a continuing situation of what they've been in the past. It's just now it's, it's kind of getting exposed and everybody's just wanting to see what, what's going to happen with Washington. Like, isn't that what it's about? Like, if you got that on Gruden, is the other 600,000 for whatever emails, are they, are they going to have something to do with Washington? They would have to. That's the reason you open the investigation when it's already been revealed that Gruden, Bruce Allen, and Daniel Snyder were passing around photos of topless cheerleaders that they had set up. You know that it goes a lot deeper than that. Here's my thing, too. Derek Carr was just interviewed in his last presser. He was like, I'm not. Um, He's, I know what he said. If you want me to well, say go, go ahead. It. He said, I'm not mad at the man. I'm mad at the sin. I'm mad at the act. Like, he liked Gruden as a person, but this broke his heart because this is a guy who goes to but, battle. But then he also said, you know, go look at everyone's emails because it's not just Gruden. Look right. at everybody's emails. Everybody. That's all he said. He wasn't like saying what he did was right, but he's like, go look at everybody. Yep. I'd love it's to- like he made it at a point that he clearly thought they were singling him out. Yep. Well, and they were, and that's I said when we started this. If you were to go through all 32 NFL teams, you're going to find that somewhere in everybody's organization, especially with as many old men as there are in the NFL. And I got friends online that'll sit there and talk about how bad Gruden is, and he got away. And then they'll they'll private message stuff, and they'll send it to you, and you're send like, send you a meme or something, like something that's like ten times more worse and offensive. And you know what? We all laugh at stuff inside of our living room because nobody's watching, man. You're and, supposed to have some privacy. But here's the, here's the rule of thumb: don't send don't stupid things. Sent. Don't so your work email of all things, not even your private email, but like a, a server that you know is accessible. Ooh. Like that's just so stupid. But. I like my favorite thing to come out of this was Mark Davis's comments on Monday or Tuesday. Hey, oh, I think there's a lot to be said with what he well, he said, said everything by saying nothing. I asked him, "Do you have a comment on John Gruden?" He said, "No comment." Ask the NFL. Yep, and then he paused a second. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers yep. without saying anything. He said everything. So you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a guy that maybe he didn't want to fire Gruden, but he felt like he had to. Well, I don't know because as a Raiders fan, like Mr. Brown said, like you're not upset that Gruden's gone because he largely underperformed. But yeah, it more or less is you, you got the opportunity to deflect everything back to the NFL. But again, you're paying that that jackass Goodell forty five million dollars to work for you. So what else would you say? Well, they had Andrew Brown on later in the week, and I was listening to him and the Mark Davis thing. The first email came out, and the NFL assumed that Mark Davis would fire John Gruden, and he basically shrugged his shoulders and said, he's coaching Sunday. So then they had to release some more emails. John Gruden resigned, (laughs) not to Mark Davis. Mark Davis came into the complex and was told John Gruden's already resigned, decided to leave. He doesn't want to be a headache. I don't think Davis was going to fire him. I just saw an article today that just came out right before our show that Davis has now been told that the NFL is trying to get rid of him. Oh, God. I wish his father was still alive. That would be for just a. Can you imagine what Al Davis would do right now? You know, How, what lawsuit number would this be? Like 47. <laughs> Outside of the stupid ass haircut and the dumb house he's building, like, at what point do you want to, like, get rid of Mark Davis now? Like, he took a team to Vegas and it's a beautiful stadium and the, the fans still show up there. I mean, oh, it's sold out. But no, go look at the article. Now there it seems like there's a headhunter after Mark Davis. I mean, what's happening to Daniel Snyder? Like, why? <laughs> why are we deflecting off this? See how that conversation turned? It's you know what? It's the weird. old bait and switch. Or his wife, at least, she owns the team. I 
I was listening to Dan Patrick today and they were talking about like, how, how's that at home? You know, it's like, Hey honey, I guess, uh, I guess you got your hands full with all that investigation, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, too bad, you know, but you wanted to be the owner now. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's what you get, but I wish you the best of luck. No, he's like, it's all right. Gruden fell on the sword. <laughs> and Davis is next. Yeah. Uh, I'm done talking about this. You know what? Let's just go ahead and keep making it a a controversial show. Let, let's see. we're doing our best Howard Stern here because we've had, we've built a podcast and a social media empire of just having fun and joking and not taking ourselves seriously. But damn it, sports got real serious here lately, and we got an interesting situation going on in the NBA. And I, I don't want to make this a political COVID conversation because I don't really think that's what this is. But you have Kyrie Irving who is not going to get paid for half the games because he can play on the road, but he can't play at home. And if he can't play, they're not going to pay him. Right. So like, just like take us through. Cause Kyrie is a unique guy, man. Like he's got some weird heels. He'll die on for things. He's a flat earther. Yeah. And now he says he's not kind of, I don't know. He's all over the place with that. Uh, but you know, he's, he's also kind of a consistent guy when it comes to certain things but anyway just wanted to kind of deflect to you first and just you tell me your thoughts on this whole situation Kyrie is a guy if you go back to his time at Duke what he played four games that year and he wasn't really injured Kyrie loves basketball more for the the lifestyle than he loves the game but what he does do with his money if you look at his charitable work is he puts his money where his mouth is he's one of the few guys in the league who truly do that when it comes to the non-vaccination he's not anti-vax he's made that clear and what he has said is he's anti-government mandate right he believes that you should still have a personal choice on what you put in your body especially in a league where you can finally do recreational marijuana right. without getting suspended so why is it. why is Kyrie Irving being singled out here because he's a superstar he's a guy who has won an NBA championship NBA All-Star parentally, one of the most skilled players that we've ever seen. He's the only big name, other than Andrew Wiggins, who caved and got the shot, who's willing to die on a hill. That's what I'm saying. Everyone else has caved. Yeah. Everybody else has got it. And that that's the thing that's different about Kyrie, man. And, like, I'll be honest with you, you know, it's, it's a unique stance for <laughs> someone like this because <laughs> – he has said it's not about the vaccine. He's not saying the vaccine's bad. He's not against the vaccine at all. You know, I mean, he's just, I don't want to be forced. See, so it's here's, about control. Right. Oh, my gosh. I think that's even worse. But when I were, say if I were to compare Kyrie and LeBron, who we, LeBron's always running his mouth, Kyrie, you could actually consider an activist because he will put his right. that's himself I, behind what he believes LeBron that was doesn't the point do that. I wanted to make, and I, you made it very eloquently for me because he he said this when you go back to like the bubble and all that stuff. You know, he was kind of already talking about how like I, you know, I don't like how you're going to dictate what everybody's going to do. We should have freedom of choice, blah yep. blah blah, all that. And and he's taken this opportunity to kind of be a martyr for it. Uh, for good, bad, or indifferent. Now, you, you can get into the whole details about like whether he should or shouldn't, but a, a part of me is a little admirable over like him, you know, being this consistent because I didn't think he would be. Yeah. I Here's the thing. You can agree or disagree with what he's doing. You can think he's kind of a loon, a tune, whatever else. You've got to respect that he has a belief and he is unwilling to cave in it. 
So, I mean, he's going to challenge over the game checks he's going to lose. But, like, this isn't well, the NBA's decision, though. No, this is mandated by the fact that he plays in New York. If he, Same thing with the Warriors and Andrew Wiggins. If he played for the Miami Heat or the Dallas Mavericks, this would not be such a large topic because he'd miss a few games against the Warriors or the Clippers or the Jazz or the Lakers, but it wouldn't be half of his games. Now the Nets just came out, made a team decision, and you know this didn't happen unless it went through Kevin Durant first, where if he's not going to be a full participant, they don't want him half the season. Right. And, and like, you know, that might be the best for planning. Like, can you imagine how rocky that is the other way around? Well, then how many, what are you going to social distance and when you're practicing and it's just, it's dumb. And his push is that it's New York doing it to him and not the NBA. And I think that's where he loses because he works for the NBA. Let's make the trade right now. Ben Simmons, <laughs> Kyrie Irving right now benefits both teams. Well, except for the Sixers, because I don't know. What's their laws in Philly? Uh, they're not as restrictive, so he'd be able but to But there you go. Let's play. Dude, I will say the Nets are the only team in the league that Ben Simmons is a good fit for. <laughs> it might be the only one, but yep. uh, I don't know. You know, they, what's the thing about Portland? Don't they want to trade him to Portland? And But they, they're like from a column, and they're like, no, we want Lillard. And Portland's like, get the yeah, hell out yeah. of here. <laughs> no chance. We'll see how it plays out because the Nets, before this all became – what it was were the betting favorite in Vegas to win the title. And they still should be right there with uh, Harden and Durant. I mean, they got a couple other good players that are in a little bit older. Joe Harris is nice. I just, I wonder what happens when we get into January, February, does something change within the state of New York that allows him to play or does he cave, which I don't see happening. I mean, the, the numbers are getting better. So the mandates might go away. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, – man, we haven't talked about COVID in a long time. <laughs> that's been a good thing, though. Yes, I agree. We've enjoyed sports. We've been to live events lately, or super spreader events, if you will. But uh, that's all right. We came back safe because we're good guys. I'm hoping the World Series is a super spreader, and I'm there in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Mr. Brown, you're going to the World Series if Atlanta goes, right? Yeah, I checked for tickets today. How much? They're not available yet. Ah. Uh, well, if you, I was going to say, if you bought them, you may not be getting real tickets right now. So, yeah. Uh, all right, enough NBA. Oh, I will say this, though. We are doing an NBA fantasy draft, right? Yep. That's uh, Saturday? Correct. And uh, why are we doing this? Because we love the game of basketball. That is not true. What is the real reason we're doing a NBA fantasy league? So we can have talking points when we have to talk about this watered-down NBA league. <laughs> That's exactly right. I will say that the three of us do still love a good game of pickup basketball. We just don't love the NBA game. We like game. the game of basketball. Yeah. College. Correct. College yes. where they, they play defense and trap. and all Or high school or anything. Yes. Even watching nine-year-olds play. Exactly. <laughs> if we talk baseball, I can ask either one of you guys who's the number three starter on a team in the National League that's not your favorite, and you'll tell me who it is. You can tell me who plays second. You can tell me who starts and left. Right now, like, who's the power forward for the uh, Sacramento Kings? Uh, hey, wait, wait, wait. Is it Marvin Bagley? <laughs> I think he's actually at center, but he might play power forward, uh, too. See, I was close. Yeah. Uh, you don't even need to play in this league. All right, last question. Does um, Or what round does uh, Kyrie get drafted? 11th. In our league, yeah. it's going to be second. <laughs> second or third. 
Someone's not going to pay enough attention. He's going in second round of most Yahoo leagues right now. People must know something we don't. Mm, stay tuned. <laughs> All right, Biggie, are you ready to hit the music? Not so fast. Don't hit the music yet because we got to introduce a new participant here. He's actually been helping us out with the show. His name's Tommy, and he's like 100 years old. He's retired, and it's our community outreach. Turbo Tommy. Turbo Tommy. We found him at the old folks' home. We brought him in, and you know, we thought you know, it's nice when you can reach out to people and help them out. So, Tommy, do you know where you're at? <laughs> you brought me in because people have realized your lack of knowledge for sports. Damn it, Tommy. We're here as outreach, not for you to give me shit. Biggie, hit the music. All right, we are back with, what is this, week six, NFL, Stone Cold, Lead Pipe Locks, and Tommy is back with us to give us the picks, and we just want to let everybody know that we've already picked tonight's game. It's, it's I don't even know what the score is now, but uh, Biggie, you and I rode with the Bucks, and Tommy, you and Mr. Brown rode the Eagles. How's that faring so far? Not so well. It's 28-7 Bucks in the third quarter. Oh, I think that's faring pretty well for you and me, actually. Damn well, after tonight, I'm tied with Mr. Brown. I think it's going to snap a four-game winning streak on Thursdays for me. Mm, All good things must come to an end, but let's get through the rest of these picks because we got some doozies, and the one theme that is in common with these games here is we got road favorites like crazy. So let's start off. We got the Dolphins on the road to the Jaguars, a Florida matchup where the Dolphins, that's right, the Dolphins are a favorite. Is this the first time all year they're a three-point favorite? Not only are they the favorite, they are the favorite in the Jags' second home, which is London. I'm taking the Dolphins to cover that three. I'm also taking the prop bet that Urban Meyer gets left in London. (laughs) I got the upset with the Jags getting their first win. I'm also going Jags because, you know what, there's a lot of turmoil going on, but like the, the Jags have played better than their expectations, and I just feel like they're going to finally win again. This is the London game, and, you know, that for whatever reason, just the extra layer of things that Urban Meyer has to do to get this team to travel to London, I feel like just more of a reason why they're not covering this spread. So I'm taking the Dolphins. So uh, we're split down the middle, 50-50. All right, we're off to a good start. Are we only doing lone wolves if it's just three to one? There there may not be any lone wolves here. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's go to the black and blue division where we got a a traditional matchup with the Green Bay Packers on the road to Chicago. Once again, a road favorite, the Packers, five and a half. I have absolutely no idea how to pick this game after watching the Packers not want to win last week. I think they're going to want to win a little more this week, but not quite enough with Justin Fields in that defense. I will take the Bears to cover five and a half. I'm going against that pick. I'm taking the Packers with the five. Five and a half. I think it was poetic justice, the fact that Gruden traded Khalil Mack to the Bears and the Bears beat Gruden in his farewell tour last week. Right? Correct. The the Bears peaked last week. (laughs) This week, not so much. It's the Packers. They're going to roll. Uh, you know, I got to just say, uh, I got nothing to add to that. How big he's taking the Bears after that, you know, just out-of-character performance last week, thinking they're going to repeat. 
You're out of your damn mind. The Packers easily cover that five and a half. They're battle-tested after kicking 19 field goals last week, only not to win in regulation. They had to go to overtime. Before we get to the Lone Wolf, Biggie, there's my pick. I just got it back. <laughs> lone Wolf and Biggie. Oh, you're a bear. Oh. You're a bear. Bear, damn it. Maul me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of getting mauled, how about a couple cats, baby? We got the Bengals on the road to Detroit Rock City where the Bengals are a road favorite, which feels like the first time in, like, years they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Ford Field against the Lions. Chad the Mark, as the Bengals fan, is Joe Burr starting this game? He is, but they're probably going to be on some silent counts because he can't talk, apparently. Okay, he's not allowed to talk. The Lions continue to win la although they lose on last set and field goals, so I'm going to take them to cover the three and a half at home. I got Burrow, his lack of voice, and his messed up finger over the Detroit Lions. I am also going the Bengals uh, because, you know, I don't know why. I'm I mean, thinking here. Let's pause that for a second. You're probably not watching this game, are you? No. Hold on. Stop Oh. oh, all right, I'm ready. Can we start that over? All right, so Campbell guaranteed we're going to see some kneecaps busted up and broken, right? I have yet to see, I have yet to see one kneecap jacked up. So guess what? He's just full of false promises. I'm going Bengals to cover all day. There's no crying in football. I ain't taking a guy that cries, man. Ain't happening. Bengals, I, you know what? I usually pick against them because it means they'll win if I do that, but uh, I, I got to ride them this week. So uh, this is back-to-back uh, lone wolves for you. Lion. So, the cowardly lion. When do the lions always play? Uh, Sundays? Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Give me that one. Beach. It's not Thanksgiving, damn it. Wow. But that's when they always oh, play every Thanksgiving. They just they're lost on. listeners because of that terrible analogy. Them and the Cowboys. Uh, I'm moving on. We're putting you to putting you down after this. Fact, you the, guys didn't know that. Disappoints me. I didn't know it, but it's October. Why are we talking about Thanksgiving? Because it's my favorite holiday. This is nonsensical. You're invited for Thanksgiving again. Uh, anyway, the Texans on the road to Indianapolis. This game is insane. The Colts are a 10-point favorite. Here's the thing. Had the Colts finished that 25-9 lead into the fourth quarter last week with, like, a 10-point victory, I feel real good about taking the Colts to cover because the Texans are so bad. But the Colts pulled a Falcons, so I got to take the Texans to cover. I agree. 10, way too much. Texans. I love the Texans, man. I love the fact that Deshaun's sitting there with all of his hookers just watching it all transpire. And his money. I'm like Gruden. So uh, I'm going to also go to Texans. Uh, I got a newsflash for you. This is the first one we're uh, across the board. Uh, I mean, I, the Colts aren't covering 10 on anybody. Not happening. So you got something to say, Biggie, or do you want to move on? Is it hookers or waxed assholes that got him in trouble? It's the waxing. Okay. Uh, they're not hookers, man. Uh, he thought they were, but that's why he's probably in trouble. So, I'm sure he has plenty of waxed assholes and hookers on Thanksgiving. But uh, he still has a job. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> 
Oh, we're getting off the rails and we're only four or five picks in. How about the Rams on the road to New York where the Rams are playing the Giants and they're a nine and a half point road favorite? Smash that like button on the Rams covering. Giants all day. Wait, wait. Explain yourself, Turbo Tommy. Cross country. Is it a one o'clock start? 101. There you go. I'm going to go with the Giants because uh, I got their backup running back to Saquon on fantasy now. Who the hell's that? I don't remember. Devontae Booker. There you go. You asked me too fast. Wayne Gallman. <laughs> Wayne Gallman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, we split it down the middle there. I'm taking the Rams, too. I know it's a West Coast, East Coast thing, but, man, the Giants are awful bad. But, uh, hey, Danny Dimes, is he healthy? He still thinks it's Tuesday. Mm, so he's playing. He's healthy-ish. <laughs> he's playing. They're hoping he gets hurt and they don't have to pay him anymore. Uh, how about the uh, Chiefs on the road to the Washington football team? Where we're still investigating emails, but the Chiefs are a six and a half point favorite after looking very unimpressive the last few weeks. So to me, this is one of the tougher games to pick this week because I I think that Washington's defense eventually has to show up, and I think it's going to happen this week. They're going to lose, but they're going to lose close. I agree. This is a hard one for me to pick. Chiefs have not looked good. Mahomes in the turnovers. Uh, deep down, for some reason, I got to go with the Chiefs though. Ooh. So the fact this spread's only six and a half against the Washington football team shows you how bad the Chiefs have been playing. And the fact they have no defense and they're open tryouts. Like Willie Mays Hayes may come out and play cornerback. I don't know. But I'm picking the Chiefs because guess what? They're just that much better on offense. And Heineke and the rest of the bunch there with the team with no name, they can't keep up. I mean, this is one of those games that the Chiefs don't come out and have a, a pretty impressive game and, like, win this convincingly. Like, are we just writing them off? Like, they're probably done, right? No, you can't write them off. Seven teams get in. You don't want to see them in a wild card game. ton of injuries defensively. They haven't built quite right. It's still early in the season. You're mm. a quarter, quarter of the way through. The I, I, I just have a feeling that we'll feel differently about this team based on whether they win or lose. So I think they're, I think they're feeling their backs up against the wall here a little bit. I think they're going to come out swinging. They're going to get this W. They're going to win by 10 points. They're covering. So how do you do a lone wolf biggie for a team with no name? Don't say Thanksgiving. No, he's got to sing. Because he went through the desert on a horse with no name. That's only when I'm rooting for Kyler Murray. I'm going to tell you to feed the hogs. <laughs> Alright, well, when you're done feeding the hogs, you can tell us if you're uh, one of your fa- Biggie's many favorite teams. The Minnesota Vikings are on the road to Carolina where I guess CMC's going to play? Maybe? We don't know yet. Do you know? I don't know, and I hope that he does play because I do have him in a fantasy league. But having said that, Vikings are the most frustrating team in the league to watch. I'm glad I'm not a fan of theirs. I spent 45 minutes last Sunday listening to my son and Ryan tell me how pissed they were at their team who just won the game with a last-second field goal. Uh, Having said all that and not knowing if Run CMC is going to play, I'll take uh, Kirk Cousins to be punching Mike Zimmer in the face after they cover. All right. Turbo Tommy, just so you know, the Vikings are a a one-and-a-half-point road favorite here against the Panthers. I'm going Carolina. Max playing, Carolina all day. 
this is a tough game, man. I, I'm. Oh wow. I don't know what to do, guys. I'm, I'm gonna go Vikings. Purple power. All right. You know, uh, I mean, it is a tough game. And Minnesota has been one of those teams that could be a lot better than what they've looked. They also could have almost no wins, too. So, I mean, you take it how you want. But uh, I, I just think uh, you're not going to see a full version of CMC here. And, and you know, Carolina is still okay. It'll be an ugly game. That's why your spread's one and a half. So, can Minnesota beat Carolina by a field goal? Yeah, they can, and they're going to cover. So, uh, Tommy, congratulations. You've now been indoctrinated into this, and you're the first lone wolf. Uh, or this is your first lone wolf, so a you're a panther. So, you got to give yeah. us a you got to give us a panther sound. Well, this is going to be embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh. <laughs> That's a panther cub. That was uh, that. That's what you. That's how. That's how confident he was in the pick. That's what we felt right there. All right. So how about we'll keep moving. This is a, a great game. Are we getting into four o'clock territory with this one? Chargers at the Ravens. Uh, two and a, two and a half point spread for the Ravens at home. That was a one o'clock game, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like this as a 1 o'clock start. Typically, teams that travel east, like Tommy was saying earlier, don't do so well. Those teams don't have future NFL MVP, future Hall of Famer, the flowing locks, Justin Herbert, a quarterback. The Ravens have won. They've won tight, late against teams that aren't that good. Give me the Chargers all day long. Mm, this one's a tough one. I really don't know where to go with this one. Um, I'm going to go with the Ravens. They got Justin Tucker. Can't beat him. So you do know to go I, I like how we just go with the kicker because that's what it's going to come down to. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. All right. To me, it's not even close. Chargers are winning the AFC West this year. I don't care what the Chiefs do the rest of the way. Chargers are for real. It is the Chargers, and I think they win by 10. 10. 10. So uh, I, I have to uh, agree with uh, Mr. Brown and Biggie on this one. The Chargers – I said there's no way they would win in week one when they had to make the East Coast trip because it just typically doesn't happen, and they end up beating uh, the Washington football team. So, uh, you know what? It, it's it's the Chargers all day long, and I think they actually get a really emphatic one here. So, uh, Turbo Tommy's back again as a lone wolf. So, uh, let, let's hear your raven, buddy. Raven. Yeah, come on. What the hell does a raven make? I don't know what noise a raven makes. you got to do your best. A Use bird, your imagination. Man. Ah! That's perfect. Yeah. I closed my eyes and I visualized that. Is there a poem about that? Edgar Allan Poe? You're going to – probably. We can make one up. We should bring back the haikus. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, How about uh, the Cardinals? Uh, Is this one of your favorite teams, Biggie? Oh, yeah. So they, they, we have them universally ranked as our power ranking. All of us had them at number one. Well, they haven't lost a game, and they they got some good quality wins in there. They're uh, on the road to Cleveland, where Cleveland is still a favorite at three and a half. So last week was the first game this year that Cardinals offense has struggled a little bit. They only put up 17 on the Niners. Had a slight step back. Kyler didn't play as well. I think they bounced back big this week, and I think they win by 10 points. This one, I agree with you. I think the Cardinals come. They bring it 10-plus. So, I was high on Kyler Murray before Biggie started talking MVP. He was still talking about baseball, and I love the guy. So, guess what? I'm going to ride my 
prediction, and I'm going to go with the Cardinals before Biggie piggybacked off of me. It looks like it's just the Cardinal train, except for it's not because the Browns are going to win at home here, baby, because Kyler Murray's got a strained shoulder. He's not 100%. It's his right shoulder, though. So he's right-handed, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I didn't want to make sure I was having a brain. But his legs ain't broke. No, but you know what? Uh, Baker Mayfield's injury is on. He's not throwing shoulder. And you know what? The Browns, they need this game. They need this, man. They need it more than the Cardinals do. They're cruising around. And and now Arizona going on the road. I'm sorry, but going to L.A. is not the same as going to Cleveland. They're not winning this game. And this is where everyone's going to take a second look at Cleveland and say, you know what? They are a team to, to be to be worried about. They're that damn good. So, ho, 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 give me that dog pound, baby, and the cover. We'll go. This is a great matchup. The Raiders. What's left of them, anyway? Who's coaching the Raiders, Mr. Brown? Special teams coach. I can't pronounce his name. Okay, so we got so, a special coach. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, I was hoping for Gus Bradley for the record, but it didn't happen. The the Raiders uh, are an underdog in the mile high. The Broncos, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Mr. Brown, before I pick, do you want to pick first? Yeah, I'll take it's your time. I, I think that Gruden's gone. I think it's actually going to be a relief. I think the Raiders win. I completely agree with you. I think there's two ways this game goes. Either they come out completely flat and they miss John so bad that they play that way the rest of the season, or they come out underneath this cloud. They're just happy to get on the field, not be interviewed, and they blow the Broncos out because the Broncos are dog shit. I agree. Broncos are not was adverti- what was advertised. Raiders roll. Ooh. I, I, you know, <laughs> both these teams suck. <laughs> I mean, let's just say it. It's terrible. And the uh, the Broncos are not imposing. Uh, but the Raiders, look, man, I, if they come out, if they come out and win this game, hell, they might make a playoff run because I think they might as well burn their offices and facilities to the ground after all the crap they've gone through this week. That's too much of a distraction. I don't see how they can come out and play. They're not going to win it for Gruden. They're not going to win in spite of Gruden. The They're Broncos. They're going to win it for their uh, defensive guy. Uh, for uh, shut up. We're, we're Carl Nassib. Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, no. It's uh, it's, exactly. it's the uh, <laughs> the Broncos covering at home. So I'll take my lone wolf and ride off into the sunset there. How about the uh, another one of Biggie's favorite teams? The Patriots at home giving up three and a half to the Cowboys. Man, that seems like a low spread on that one. Oh, yeah. That is an extremely low spread. I was really hoping it'd be larger because it would make it much easier to take the Patriots, who are not very good this year, against the Cowboys team that I picked to win the NFC East. They're going to, and they're going to compete for a Super Bowl, but not this Sunday. Patriots. Bye-bye. Wow. Wow. Didn't think you'd go there. I'm feeding Zeke Cowboys. I don't have to say anything, Cowboys. Do I have to say something? No. Okay, Cowboys. The British are coming. <laughs> uh, you're such a homer, but I appreciate your loyalty. That's yeah. nice. That's yeah. very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, you know, it's got like, all my it's like your marriage vows yes. in times of health and of sickness. All right. This is a time of sickness. Yeah. All right, how about the uh, Sunday night game, Seahawks with Geno Smith. Going into Pittsburgh. Tommy, we're going to let you go first on this one because your Steelers, who have looked anemic offensively, are a five-point home favorite here in prime time. We're back to the old Steelers. We're running the ball. We're also Seahawks coming cross-country. Doesn't matter time slot, cross-country. 
Yee Yee Steelers. I, I'm going to piggyback. Sorry, I'm jumping in here. But I, I'm also taking the Steelers. Najee Harris will be the difference in this game. I just can't trust a team starting Geno Smith at quarterback. I'm taking the Steelers. You know, I want to take the Seahawks because I just don't believe in the Steelers. But, you know, and, and maybe Geno will remind everybody he used to be a good quarterback a decade ago before he got into the NFL. But, uh, uh, no, nah, the Steelers are going to win this one. I, I, I don't. I think it takes time to to play with a new quarterback. It's hard to come in and play a team that actually is starting to get more healthy on defense. So, I, I don't see it happening. So we're across the board on the Steelers. Is this the second one we've agreed with? Is that all we've done? Yes, I believe so. Man, we we're uh, getting along here. I, I'm glad we're bonding as a group here. It makes me happy about the future. Team camaraderie. That's exactly right. Uh, the Bills on the road to Tennessee. The Bills are a five-and-a-half-point road favorite. This is your Monday night game. This is the final game of the week. Here's the thing. I really, really want to take Tennessee in this game. They're at home. They're a good team. I love how they run the ball. They're getting guys back healthy. Until the Bills play a game where they don't dominate a team with an average score of 40-10 to 10 over their last four, I can't pick against them. I'm taking Bills to cover. Nothing more said. Bills. We had former Buffalo Bill Nate Turner on the show tonight. And no one circles the wagon quite like the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to pick the Bills, and I'm going to predict it. How many is the over-under going through tables in Tennessee? Well, you're taking the over if it's five and a half then because uh, <laughs> that's easy. Uh, the Bills across the board, once again, that, that team building is just paying off. We're starting to have alignment here. Now, if our picks all come back good, then, you know, we're smart fellers. But uh, you know what? If it doesn't, then we're all fart smellers. So, yeah, uh, yeah this is the Bills by Lance. Biggie, I think your insight there is right. Until the Bills stop blowing teams out, uh, how are you going to pick them not to cover? They're like the Chiefs now, yeah, except they're covering. Say, yeah, like – the Chiefs for so long wouldn't cover, but you look at what the Bills did even before they played the Chiefs. They beat the Texans forty to nothing. They beat the Dolphins like fifty-six to thirteen. Like, not only are they beating teams, it's like they put their JV team in in the fourth quarter. They're beating you so bad. It, it is. It is bad. The Bills—they crept up in our power rankings. They're right there with the Arizona Cardinals and the Rams and the Bucks, But uh, a lot of people are giving us hate that we're not riding the Cowboys a little higher, man. Uh, what, what's causing that? Who, who who here doesn't like the Cowboys? I like the Cowboys. Pick me when the NFC East. I in the middle of the road. Where did you have that, Mr. Brown? Do you remember? Uh, probably number eight. Yeah, I think you're the one <laughs> anchoring them down. It's like teams they've beaten, and you're like, yeah. nah, Cowboys are worse than them. They're yeah. worse than the Chargers. They're- no, I, I put the Chargers way ahead of the Cowboys. <laughs> Even though the Cowboys beat the Chargers. No, but I don't. To me, look at the body of work. Hey, I, I defended that, actually. I just wanted you to explain yourself. That's look at the body of work. I, 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 I am. Yeah. All right. That's, uh, that's fine. If it's they fine. lined up today. I would still think that the Chargers would probably win. Probably. Gotcha. Yeah. You'd pick them to cover. Correct. All right. That has been the week six NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. And Turbo Tommy, it's been a pleasure to have you join us in studio. How do you think you're going to fare against the likes of us? I didn't told you. I'm going the whole way. You got a prediction, though. What's your record going to be this week? I, I, I want to hear that. 13 wins. 13 wins. <laughs> I'm taking the under. <laughs> Drink another one, son. Uh, He's just taking back to the home. It's yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, to, go to bed, Dad. <laughs> uh. 
Guys, as always, it's been fun, but it's almost time to ride off into the sunset or maybe dawn by the time we're done with this because we're still watching a baseball game and it's scoreless and we're in the bottom of the fifth. But a couple big things, like not in the regular wheelhouse here. Uh, We watched boxing this past week. We had the Saturday night main event and it was Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder and everybody knows by now Tyson Fury retained. But what was your takeaway of the fight? Probably one of the better heavyweight fights I've ever seen. And I've been watching boxing since the early 90s. I enjoyed all the heavyweights. The division died down. It came back. When we were watching this fight, it was like third, fourth round on. We're like, this is the last round. They were throwing haymakers like we're watching a Rocky movie. They're kind of stumbling around. Wilder's got no legs, but he can still flip Fury on the ground. I enjoyed it. I didn't have to pay for it, but I would have. You don't have to mention that part. Yeah, exactly. Edit that out. <laughs> um, so you had uh, Fury knock him down, and then we're like thinking Wilder's clearly done. It's over. Well, then Fury or Wilder comes back and knocks him down twice, and we're like, "What is going on here?" So that would have been a fight that you know, had we had to pay for, it would have been totally worth it. Absolutely, would have been worth it. And, and the one thing that you know, I think we all kind of went in and we're like, "Fury's going to win." And then, you know, I, I think I said, you know, Fury will win, especially if it goes after five rounds. Wilder's got to get him early. And then he knocks him down twice. And, like, our our entire environment in the man cave watching it change. No! We're like, oh, shit, man. Something's about to happen. And, you know, Wilder's always just one punch away. Yep. But Fury weathered the storm, and he played the long game, and he just wore him down. And when, when Wilder went out, he was O-U-T. To be clear, I didn't pay for it because I went to a friend's house who did pay for it. Nothing illegal going on here. <laughs> uh, my favorite picture from that night is the one where Fury goes down. I don't know if it's first or second time he got knocked down, and there's a shot of Shaq in the background. And Shaq is just like, oh, oh. my God. Yeah, that's uh, Shaq's everywhere, man. Yeah. What a life. And what's made it great about, like, like we talked about it, the last time we enjoyed heavyweight boxing or boxing in general was the last time they fought. Yeah. So what the hell has happened to boxing in general? Because now it's all UFC. You don't have that prize fighting in boxing anymore. But I'll give Tyson Fury this: the man is a showman, and he puts on a show. To me, it felt like a WrestleMania moment just watching him come out to the ring. Well, hell, what about him singing "Walking in Vegas" instead of Memphis yep. at the end? I mean, it's just amazing what he does. And there's no. I wanted Wilder to win just so we'd get another, another fight. One. Because now, where do we go from here? I don't think... Well, after the fight was over, you were talking about Anthony and Joshua and a couple other guys who would be Fury's next fight. We don't want to watch any of them. No, he's going to destroy them. Yep. Like, it's, it's going to be so bad. To me, what sucks that about Fury being who he is and where he is is that he doesn't have more Deontay Wilders to fight because... Pre-gaming, even up to it, he shows up, he's chilling in the dressing room. The last fight, he's shadow boxing uh, Wilder in the TV screen. When it's over, you know he's singing. You just talked about him singing Walking in Vegas. That's because in the last fight, he sang the whole damn song. I can't remember which one it was. What I really enjoyed post-fight was that he went over to give Wilder credit and show him some props, some respect. Wilder wanted nothing to do with it. Nah, so he was he was hurt, man. He didn't, he didn't huh. want anything to do. He was upset, and he, you know... And Tyson Fury said he was going to pray for him. I'll pray for his soul. Soften his <laughs> oh, heart. That's, that's almost worse than any insult. Like Tyson Fury is like the Conor McGregor of boxing when it comes to talking. Only not an asshole. Yes. I mean, he's just, like you like him. Yeah, I mean, you kind of do. He's, he's a hell of a showman. 
I will say the the thing about the fight that I enjoyed the most is they keep showing uh, Paris, who is Fury's wife, and she went from this super confident look to when he got knocked down the second time, she looked like freaking. It was Rocky. It was uh, it, it was Adrian. Yeah, man. like just she's not used to seeing that. Yeah, but no, you're right. It was the it was like in Rocky Four. Whenever they they both get knocked down and then they do the montage and they're just showing like the rounds pop up and like that's what it felt like and it went eleven rounds, man. Like you like Mister Brown said, you got your money's worth. You know, it was an amazing fight. And now I'd we're been willing to bet nothing. you a hundred bucks it didn't go eleven rounds. No. I mean, the fact it went past seven or eight, like when we were all sitting here talking, we all had our bets in. Yeah, I got defaulted to the eighth round because you tried to pick mine. Mm. I went seven and a half. Can't no, you can't do half rounds. Huh? So you all keep saying there's nowhere to go from here, but I will watch anybody that Fury fights next because he's that damn good. He's such a good showman. Everyone in the late 80s, early 90s, or sorry, late 80s mainly, did, you don't think they wanted to see Tyson break somebody's jaw in a matter of two rounds? They're going to watch it as much CTV. So bring up the next heavyweight. Right. Let's see what happens. It's good TV. Tyson Fury's going to keep rolling, and we're going to enjoy every freaking moment of it. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head. The thing about both those guys with Wilder and Fury, and Fury's your champ, so he's still going to be riding this. They finish fights. They, these these guys knock everybody out. Like so, you're right. Even if it's a bad fight, like you're at least going to see Fury knock somebody's head off. You know the other thing I love about Fury is that he's I'll pray for your soul. Let's soften your heart. <laughs> At the same time, he takes his mouth guard out and he says, "Bitch ass, come on, bitch ass." <laughs> At the same he time, whispers in his ear. At the same time, he's knocking your head off. You're bleeding. He's licking blood off your neck. You know what he reminds me of? Reggie White. Quarterbacks used to say Reggie White would hit you, knock you into Tuesday, and then he'd pick you up and say, hey, brother, can I help you out? Mm. I'm sure Reggie didn't lick no blood. Uh, you never know, man. The blood some- of the Christ? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> He's taking communion on the field. We're getting out of control. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, I can't believe we went there. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. I'm going to shut this show down now before things get worse. Uh, stay out. Stay on the lookout for the special episode with Nate Turner. It'll drop on Monday. Should be available on social media for video. And uh, we'll be back after this weekend again next week. You guys enjoy yourselves. I got a weekend off for once. I'm going to enjoy it. Peace out. See you next time.